Recording me. Three. One. All right. Do you want to go first? Hmm. I don't want to go first. Um, I'm Rollins, and do you recognize which one's your father's? And I'm Sam, and I'm happy to announce that in about two weeks, I'll be opening up a sex expedition. You're all invited to be over Zoom. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Bum Bop Too Much TV. And Rollins. And Sam. I w- I, well, I was saying. <laughs> I was trying to segue out of the intro yeah, uh, by asking you a question. Can I ask you a question, Rollins? Um. Yeah. Okay. So, Rollins, today's kind of special. Do it's you, not my birthday yet. That's not what I mean. <laughs> oh, okay, that's okay. next week. Yeah. We can talk about that next week. Okay, okay. No, it's special for another reason. Oh, what? You know, some of you guys may think Sam and Rollins, they only have one friend each, and it's each other. Well, you'd be freaking wrong. Yeah, guys. We actually, both have another friend. Sorry, have, what? We have a second friend is all I was going to say. Yep. We we each have two friends, each other, and, and today's special guest. Who is it, Rollins? Uh, she can only be described as an icon, legend, star. Mm. Uh, Model. Muse. Actress. Legend, icon, Olympic star, athlete. And the best fucking nurse I know. Winner of America's almost best nurse. Yes. It's Allison Comerford, everybody. Allie's here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me today. Oh, Um, Allie, we're so happy to have you. I'm so So, happy to be here. This is a monumentous occasion. Do you know why? Am I the first guest on Too Much TV? You're our first ever guest. Wow. You know, Rollins and I have sat down and said that we don't really want to have guests. I go, no guests. No guests. We can be reclusive sometimes, but we we trust Allie. We love Allie. Allie's one of the funniest people I've ever met, I've ever had the opportunity to live with. Oh, most definitely. I would say that Allie's a silly little thing. Um, and on top of all of that, uh, Allie loves watching TV. And I also she think does. that we have forced Allie to watch more television. Oh, I yeah. have never watched more TV than when I lived with Sam. Yeah, Thank see, you. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. Thank you. What was your favorite show that we've watched together? The Young Pope. The Young for Pope. Sure. That's sure. a show we haven't talked about on the podcast. We definitely should. Another no. HBO original. You don't want to talk about? No, I said no. We have. Oh, okay. No, we haven't. Okay. I was like, what the fuck do you have against Jude Law? Rollins, I don't want to talk about Catholicism. John Malkovich. <laughs> Show's hot as fuck. I don't want to burn in hell. <laughs> so, uh, Ali, tell the people about yourself. What do you, what do you want to be known for? Yeah. So I'm Ali, um, and I really like to read, and I really like to watch TV, and I really like to vibe with my friends, my only two friends, Sam and Rollins. 
Um, we don't let her hang out with anybody else. No. It's a very exclusive friendship. I have a tracker on her, and if I notice that someone is she's with someone else, I zap real quick. You have a you have a, like a electric cue button. Yep. Yeah, it's on my wrist. Whoa. Uh huh. It's Same freaky. one I have on you. <laughs> oh shit! I didn't even notice. <laughs> Thought it was just a bracelet. <laughs> friendship bracelets from Rollins are dangerous. <laughs> Watch out. Um, I am in my third year of my nursing program. I'll be graduating in June. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's pretty exciting. That's basically all there is about me. That's it. Nursing, books, and you two. Yep. Well, Allie, what are we talking about today? You want to tell the people? Oh, I'm so excited. We are talking about the best show that came out in 2020? Uh, 2019. Thank you. Originally 2016. On the, on the stage? No, no. on <laughs> on Amazon and BBC. On the stage. So I have my facts wrong. Um, we're talking about Fleabag. Fleabag, baby. So we thought we'd have Allie on as our fact checker. Uh, you know, we watch a lot of other podcasts that have uh, some producers sitting around on mic, and they they look up facts for us. And you know, we figured Allie would be so good. Because my brain is so big. She's so smart. She has so many facts. And as you can tell by how she so amazingly memorized the dates <laughs> that Fleabag came out, she's going to be really stage. fucking great at this. <laughs> on stage? Uh, but yes, Fleabag also did come out on stage. It was done at the uh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Wow. And... Uh, it was a one-woman show by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, of course. An icon herself. She is quite iconic. Oh, yes. Funny. Fourth-wall-breaking queen. Mm-hmm. I wonder how she did it on her own as a one-woman show. It's uh, So it's really interesting because the show hinges on all of the characters interacting with her and then her interacting with us, the audience. Yes. And then the show, the one-woman show, is kind of uh, the flipped coin of that. There's a better way to say that. The flip side of that yes, coin, yeah. maybe. The flip side. Sure. Catch on the flip. And uh, she speaks to the audience the entire time, and then the characters she's speaking about are the asides. Mm -hmm. So instead of breaking the wall to us, she breaks mm -hmm. the wall and mm -hmm. becomes... Her father, yeah. or her stepmother, or Claire, uh, and then meanwhile she's speaking the whole time to the audience. Uh, so, kind of, kind of flip flopping. It shows how uh, the benefits of live theater versus the benefits of having something on film. Well, and also the benefits of having more than one person in the cast. Mm -hmm is also like a game changer for everything obviously because uh we've seen a lot of infamous one person shows where like multiple one person playing multiple characters Whoopi goldberg is a great example of this but eddie murph eddie murph also but... tori vega's sister on the show victorious when she did her one woman show of chicago oh shit <laughs> you are spin these facts already yes, fact checker on the loose fact checker on the loose <laughs> but um it's interesting to see that now the characters are also able to have more depth mm -hmm. because of the fact that they're played by different people um, and brilliantly played by so many different people. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Olivia Coleman. 
Oh, an actress we've talked about uh, extemporaneously on this podcast. If you haven't, check out our Crown episode. Uh, Her portrayal is Queen Elizabeth, and we should say, rest in peace, the Duke Mm -hmm. of Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. Prince Philip, uh, may he rest in hell, (laughs) or wherever he may be. Hey, Duke... It looked like you were dead for three years already, so not he much was has so changed. young. 99. Wow, roasting him from the grave. Basically, he a doesn't. Kid. He won't know. He can't hear us. Did you see that the thing that said the queen is doing amazing? <laughs> yeah, she made me breakfast the other day. Is that official? <laughs> yes. Wow, he was holding her back. I guess Lizzie's free now. Uh, but yes, anyways, Olivia Coleman, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Uh, the guy who plays the dad. <laughs> it's an incredible cast. Sean Clifford, who plays Claire, is the best. Mm, thank you, Allie. Sean Clifford. I do not know if that's how you pronounce her name. It's how I'm assuming. Oh, it's spelled S-I-A-N. Yeah, C-N maybe, but I like maybe. Sean more. Um, you like it more. <laughs> we should tell her that. Is a standout to me. Uh, Claire is a character that I think like due to the fact that she takes the world oh the food due to the fact that she takes the world so seriously uh, <laughs> oh, <the food. laughs> she is one of the most hilarious characters in the entire show mm-hmm. and their relationship is just so beautiful so, so contentious so uh, realistic yes and Allie uh, maybe. Oh, they need your ID. Okay, we're gonna pause everybody. Can we get a three? Two. One. Wow, that was perfect. That was awesome! We are in sync. <laughs> Folks, we just got our DoorDash order. Welcome back to our mukbang. This week, we're talking about Fleabag. We were talking about the amazing cast. Sean. Who Sean. plays Claire? Phoebe. Who plays Fleabag? Uh, can we talk about season two edition uh-huh. Andrew Scott? Oh, can we talk about Irish Andrew Daddy? Scott. The Amazing. Hot Priest? Oh, I think before we stopped, I was going to ask you, Allie. We were talking about uh, Claire and Fleabag's relationship. You're the only person here. You don't have a sister, right? No. I don't have a sister. I have a sister-in-law. Shouts out April. <laughs> but uh, Allie, you're the only person here with a sister. Yeah. How did watching Fleabag and Claire's relationship make you feel? So they obviously have a much more tumultuous relationship than my sister and I mm-hmm. do. There's a lot of... Uh, shouts out Natalie. Shouts out Natalie, my best friend. Um, but there's a lot... They my have best a... friend. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I haven't even met her and she's my best friend. <laughs> People always like my sister more than they like me. It's why I rarely introduce my oh. friends to her. Um, it's because she's Be amazing. better. <laughs> I'm trying every day. Yeah, you are. You're working hard. Um, we see it. So they have a mutual shared trauma of losing their mother from breast cancer, which is very scary for uh, two uh, female sisters to go through because yeah. then there's always the risk of you know them developing breast cancer, which they actually have a funny joke about that where... Their dad makes them get mammograms every single year. Oh, you'll see it. You'll <laughs> yeah, <hear> it. yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's also a lot of distrust because of who Fleabag is as a person and what happened with um, her best friend. Uh, um, and who? 
Her best friend's name is Boo. <laughs> I thought you were just trying to scare us. <laughs> I literally just watched I rewatched my favorite episode today, which is season two, episode four. And it's uh, the episode with the Neil scene. Spoiler alert. You're going to see that scene, hear that scene in a little bit. Uh, But it's the one where where Fleabag and the priest uh, fall into not romantic love, but uh, friend love and true they they truly get to know each other in that episode. Mm-hmm. They go to the Quaker meeting and sit in silence. Mm-hmm. Uh, she makes the joke about she doesn't know if she'd be a feminist if she had bigger tits <laughs> in the Quaker meeting. Oh. And it cracks him up. And she helps him pick out his robes. And uh, it's such a cute episode Yeah, uh, where she finds a true relationship almost for the first time. Mm-hmm. Because sex is not allowed. Like, yeah. she is in love with someone who is celibate. So it's really interesting having to watch her forge a relationship in a way she almost doesn't even know how. The last person she did this with was Boo. Um, and that ended so terribly so that she's horribly. so afraid mm-hmm. it's going to happen again. Well, and she feels so guilty for exactly. Boo ultimately deciding to end her own life. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of beating around the bush right now. Rollins, do you want to kind of summarize uh, the most important plot of of season one of Fleabag. So essentially um, Boo and Fleabag opened this gerbil guinea pig themed uh, cafe together. (laughs) They're best friends in the entire world and Boo starts seeing this man. Who lives in her apartment building. Exactly. Hot, hot, hot neighbor guy. They forge a relationship (laughs) and eventually Fleabag ends up having sex with him. Mm-hmm. While he's dating Boo, mm-hmm. yep, they they catch each other's eye, and so the first thing you should know about Fleabag, if you're listening, is that Fleabag is horny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First oh, yeah. and foremost, in almost any interaction she has, she's horny, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, this has led to her benefit at times, but more times than not. This leads to her downfall. And so she fucks Boo's boyfriend, and Boo finds out. Yeah. Boo finds out that he cheated cheated on her. her. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know. It's Fleabag, and Boo decides she's going to get back at him by getting hit by a car. And getting really hurt. And getting really hurt. And ending up in the hospital, and he'll feel so bad, and he'll rush to her side, and he'll be super apologetic. Hmm. <laughs> flex, flex, flex. And, In my uh, travels. Caused a mess of things. Yeah. Um, when I was in Amsterdam, though, the, it's truly dangerous. It is completely, completely true that you can definitely die from these bikers hitting oh you. God. They go so fast. They, they go right around corner. Like, the amount of times my sister had to grab my arm and pull me back from the street because they were like a swarm. Because they were a swarm. <laughs> <laughs> a what? That's staying in. I was, I was debating between a, sw- a swath of bikers, but I decided on swarm. Um, so okay, swarm no bikers those. terrifying. <laughs> A swarth. <laughs> swarth. So yeah, it is. I mean, it is completely. It's a real danger. Completely yeah. dangerous. Yeah. American infrastructure isn't quite like that. Our bike paths aren't as scary. 
And Maybe after we build back better after this infrastructure mm-hmm. deal that, that Uncle Joe's trying to pass. Hey, Pete Buttigieg. Make those bikes scarier. Make bikes scary again. Yeah. <laughs> Make them go faster and I wanna I wanna be able to be killed by a bike. I Dang it, Pete. The, I think Come the on, wheels Pete. need like knives or like bullets. Yeah, big spike. <laughs> oh bullets. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That'd be very American. Like a gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somebody walks in the way, you just yeah. they're gone. That's very American. <laughs> Pete? If you're listening. you're listening, we know you are. We know Chaston is at least that bottom. Um, <laughs> so, so we're talking about Fleabag. So Fleabag feels guilty. Yes. Naturally. Um, Fleabag is crushed. This this breaks her spirit. This is her best friend, her only friend, mm-hmm. and they do everything her together. Partner. Her business partner. She managed yeah. to hurt the only person she truly loves mm-hmm. in this world. Yeah, um, and that's devastating, and I think it affects Fleabag's relationships going into the beginning of season one. We see um, because she truly will not allow herself to find forgiveness. Yeah, she can't forgive herself. Well, yeah, that's why she dates Lamo Harry. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> would you like to talk about Harry, Allie? Harry is the most cuck of a man I've ever seen on television. Wow. I cannot stand that guy. He just—he's just this little bitch of a guy. Uh, but sorry, are we allowed to curse on this podcast? Um. <laughs> are we really? Are we, are we really gonna be the podcast that has one of? Sorry, we're really gonna have one of those moments. Can we swear on? Hey, here? if you're offended by uh, us cursing, send us an email at too much TV pod at gmail Leave us a voice memo. We'll Let us know uh, in the subject line right. You are some naughty, naughty boys. Submit a video response. We'll put it on Instagram. Yeah, you can leave us a voice message at <laughs> anchor.fm slash too much TV pod. Back to Harry Alley. Back to Harry. So it opens Back with. To well, Harry well, Alley. Well, the first. <laughs> <laughs> Allie's Harry. <laughs> So the show opens with her sleeping with a hookup, um, and then we find out she fully has a boyfriend, but she doesn't truly care for or love Harry. He's just a he's just a safety net to her. Um, I think she loves Harry. She just doesn't know. She doesn't love him like a boyfriend. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I guess that's what I should say. She's like a little brother. She fucks. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't even like the way he fucks also. No. So it's like... Oh, yeah. it, she no, gets off no by watching Barack there. Obama yeah. speak on YouTube and he's self-conscious about it. Yeah. Yeah. He leaves her then and then we kind of get into the gist of their on-again, off-again relationship mm-hmm. that they have. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's uh, scary. Maybe... Uh, oh my God. Allie. Hmm. Do you know that we act? Sorry. We're both chewing right now. <laughs> This is a mukbang now, a everybody. We're actors. I freaking graduated from acting school, <laughs> Allie. I literally have no idea how I missed that. I lived with you for like three years. I thought you were studying business. Is it weird for you to find out people aren't nurses? It is very strange. Mm. It's very strange. I don't, and I can't conceptualize any other. Career. I could be a nurse. You definitely could. What if Thank I you. Thanks. Oh, I'd be fucking furious. I would love to chat with you about it. <laughs> He's method acting. He got a part. Shondaland. <laughs> well, please enjoy this little scene. When Harry met Fleabag. When Harry met Fleas. Harry Fleas. Flea, Harry. Mmm. 
Mm, pretzel bread. <laughs> Fleabag comes home from a long day at the cafe. You have to do it in RP. You're <laughs> 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 my hardest. I'm not a trained actor. <laughs> okay. Fleabag comes home from a long day at the cafe and notices Harry's in the shower. She takes this as the opportunity to surprise him, just like he asked her to do this morning. Her surprise, you may ask? Put on a ski mask, grab a butcher knife from the kitchen, and like fucking psycho, open the shower curtain and yell, Surprise! Oh my fucking god! Oh, it's, oh, oh, it's me! It's me! It's oh, me! Oh, oh, why the fuck? Why would you do that? I thought I was gonna get killed. Oh, baby, I'm sorry, baby. I thought you fuck. wanted a surprise. It, oh it was, my god. It was, it, was, it was a ninja oh, surprise. Oh my heart, my, I'm shaking so bad. She's. Oh my god. He starts deep breathing, but it isn't working. Harry keeps having a panic attack. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you, how, 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 how are you? Are you? Oh my god. Did you have a good day? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was fine. Oh. Harry, I'm sorry. Fuck. I, I, I didn't think you were going to react like that. I'm sorry. It, it was a joke. <laughs> A good check. <laughs> Jesus, I, I just thought you'd be late. Yeah, uh, I, I, hey. She touches his face, her body, still filled with fear, responds with a scream. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm sorry. I, I, I think I'm still in a bit of a shock. I'm sorry. That was horrible. It was a surprise. I know. I know. Thank you. That was. It was. Thank you. It was fine. It's fine. Sh should I go and get us some wine? She steals wine from the store and comes Yay! back to Harry in the dining room. A special bottle for a special... He does not look happy in the slightest. Harry? Had to, uh, go into the history on my computer to find something I've been, uh, looking for on H&M this morning. And I don't want to point any fingers, but, uh... <clears throat> anal? Gang bang? Mature, big cock, small tits, hentai, Asian, teen milf, big butts, lesbian, gay, facial fetish, bukkake, young and old, swallow, rough voyeur, and Barack Obama. <laughs> Why are you being so sexy? Oh, don't make me hate you. Loving you is painful enough. Uh, okay. Uh, sorry, uh, but I really think you should write that down. Yeah, I know it's not appropriate, but I, I really think you should write that down. I'm not. It's I'm really not gonna for, fucking write no, it. No, no, I'm serious. What? For your songs and stuff, it's it's perfect. Uh, it's poetic, like yet real, it? serious, serious. Really, don't make don't make me write, write it down. hate, hate you. you. Hate Lo you. Loving you. Yeah. Loving yeah. You. Yeah. I know. Thank you. Loving you is painful. Oh my god, what am I doing? There's someone at work who loves me. Well, she told me she loves me, and I said we can be together. Do you want to be alone? Silence. Okay. All right. Then you'll never see me again. I'll always love you. But I just can't take it anymore. I don't hate you. I'm scared for you. Oh, shit. Pause. Fleabag looks into the camera. He's gonna write that down. I don't hate you. Harry grabs his notebook and jots it down. For you. 
I'm gonna go pack up my things from the bedroom, but um, I'm not gonna clean the apartment this time. Still in pretty good shape, so I don't. If I don't see you after that, goodbye. Forever. Harry slams the door. Fleabag notices that he left the dinosaur that he always leaves after a breakup. He'll come back. Harry comes back in, takes the dinosaur, and leaves. My dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's keep rolling we this roll. time. Wow. Allie, your acting debut. Wow. She can read stage directions <laughs> like nobody's business. So, do you have any notes for us? Uh, be better, I guess, is all I can say. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's a value judgment. That's a value judgment. And value judgments aren't helpful. Critique. I'd like to see what you saw. Tell me what, what you saw. What did you see, Allison? <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I saw uh, you two being very in in the scene. I think I could really picture you as Fleabag and, and You thought Henry we were in the Harry. moment. I really, really did, yeah. yeah. Was it truthful? I felt it, too. It, yeah, and like you know how like acting is reacting. I felt like you guys reacted off of each wow. other quite well. I didn't know you knew so much about acting. I just watched Sarah Silverman's specials. So. Wow. <laughs> there you <laughs> have it, folks. <laughs> we're pretty good, I guess. We're all in so, uh, Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to our mukbang. <laughs> So, I think maybe, you know, <laughs> the first bit of this was a little bit off the walls. Lucy-goosey initial thoughts. Yeah. Jump, jump, jump reactions. I think we should go through through the cast and, and talk about our impressions yes. of this powerhouse of an ensemble. Led, of course, by Phoebe Waller-Bridge as Fleabag. Brilliant actress. Brilliant writer. Mm-hmm. Um, so easily able to transition between talking to the audience and talking to the people around her um and i loved being able to see throughout like the distortion of the two realities for her as a character yeah so if you haven't watched the show obviously we've been talking about how fleabag has a habit of breaking the fourth wall of leaving the scene with the other actors looking directly at the camera and telling us jokes, making banter with us, telling us how she really feels. Stream of consciousness, yeah, for sure. exactly. And at first, it seems like this could be a gimmick. Like, where's this going? Why is she doing this? But eventually, it becomes more of a question of whether it's a part of her own anxieties or whether it's a part of the show. Season two goes much more in depth onto her breaking mm-hmm. the fourth wall. And Absolutely. It is, it's really, really interesting. Yeah. I think that's just like all a testament to her brilliance as a writer mm-hmm. um, and just her knowing the character so well because she wrote the character. Yeah. Right. And we should say, uh, we said a little bit before, but Fleabag started as a one woman show, was brought to a fringe festival, the biggest fringe festival. Uh, and was seen by the BBC and Amazon. And the BBC and Amazon said, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, do you want a shit ton of money to adapt this show into a six-episode, 30-minute-each season? Which is just... Uh, I nut when I see six episodes oh in 30 God. minutes. Well, like, it's the best way to do television. so palatable. You can watch the entire show, both seasons, in one day. Yep, yep. I almost did that today. The first season is the length of a normal movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you haven't seen Fleabag and you're listening to this, when you turn it off, if you have two hours... 
Watch the entire first season. Yeah. Don't take breaks. Binge it. Because Mm -hmm. it's like a movie. It's the best way to do it. Because the pacing of the show is Mm -hmm. so fast. It's a testament to Phoebe Waller-Bridge's writing and the Emmy Award winning editing of the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, I need to fact check Arella who the editor is. Hmm. So here's a really quick fact about Fleabag on the BBC. The reason why it's called Fleabag is because all of Phoebe Waller-Bridge's costumes are actually containing a bag of fleas (laughs) that are actively biting her tits, her nipples, her tummy, all of it at the same time. Gary (laughs) Dolner. Gary Dolner is an award-winning editor with BAFTA nominations for The Thick of It. Okay, have either of you seen The Thick of It? No, I haven't. It's a British political comedy. It's a lot like Veep. I believe it's on Hulu. Uh, Check it out. Oh, okay, okay. He also edited Veep uh, and Fleabag Mm. and Killing Eve. Mm. So Killing Eve is another show that Phoebe Waller-Bridge helped produce and write, starring Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer. Two of the most gorgeous, talented women in the world. Mm-hmm. Check out uh, at least the first two seasons of Killing Eve yeah. if you have Or just the first two. But you also yeah. just like listed shows with some of the best editing mm-hmm. on TV right now. And uh, yeah, so this is just a, a powerhouse team of production and the cast. And when it all comes together, it feels almost to me more like a concert than a tv show Mm. and i think the way the show uses music is also really interesting the first season is a lot of almost whiplash-esque drum interludes uh the title sequence are very quick drum uh like 15 second if that two seconds just like boom yeah yeah like very haphazard drum sounds Mm -hmm. can we also talk about how uh it brought back sale by a wall nation oh yeah (laughs) that weird ass subway scene scene, metro scene ends it by going i think i'm getting my period (laughs) (laughs) looks like hey (laughs) that's like i assume that's how it feels sometimes like she brilliantly is able to find these ways to like absurdly show real life where like yeah it's this crazy out of this world thing happening but like it's also like has so much truth to it that like it doesn't seem that crazy like that is maybe the craziest thing that happens in the entire show but it doesn't feel out of place yeah no not at all and it i mean she's just such an empty person in the first season like because she, of what's happened because to of her what's happened with to Boo. her of course yeah, yeah she and and her mother dying and her and, and yeah and like her relationship, her with, her relationship with her dad and the godmother who olivia i mean olivia mm. coleman did a great job of portraying the worst woman to ever walk the face of the earth is it weird that i mean i was so excited when i saw that olivia coleman mm-hmm. was the godmother stepmother uh but what <sighs> She was so much hotter in this role than any other I've seen her in. And not to say that she's not hot in any other role, because she's banging all the time. No, you almost wouldn't even be able to like recognize it's Olivia Coleman right away. Oh I mean, my her, God. her acting is just so supreme that she just is able to completely change everything about yeah, herself. I also think like in her mind now, Olivia Coleman, like for a lot of people who haven't watched, uh, what's that show called? The Cop Show. Broadchurch? Yeah, for people who have oh. watched... Broadchurch is lit. Yeah. If you have Netflix, watch Broadchurch. So, if you like 
like detective serial killer thrillers. Yeah. It's David Tennant and Olivia Coleman, and they play two detectives in like some bodunk English town where some kid gets murdered. So, and it's crazy. Second season isn't as good as the first one, but it's lit. So I think Allie, of, you would really like that show. I'm definitely gonna watch it. I think a lot of like Olivia Coleman like fans, I don't think have necessarily watched Broadchurch, but know her from like The Favorite and oh. The Crown. So they know her as like queen, royal, mm-hmm. regality, mm-hmm. period drama. <laughs> but then you see her like casually in like a tunic and a headscarf. Yeah, she's this weird sex artist. Sex artist, and she possesses so much power, and she's a total bitch. Oh, she's she the worst. so mean. She's the worst. The one thing that, because I feel like you you don't you don't get a lot of backstory in Fleabag at all. No, like, I mean, yeah. her character's not named. No, no. She's stepmother. Uh-huh. I think the only characters we have names for are Claire, Claire. her husband Martin. Martin, um, yeah. And, I mean, Boo. Yep. And that's about, because dad is just dad. Harry. God, Harry, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's dad, stepmom, uh-huh. Fleabag. Is she godmother? She's godmother. Okay. Because mm-hmm. she's not stepmom. She step becomes stepmom yeah. in the yeah. finale of the mm-hmm. second, finale of the second season? Yeah, is that the, the last wedding? episode. Yeah. 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 Um, what was I saying? <laughs> that was the craziest noise. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the mukbang. <laughs> but, uh... Oh, we don't get a lot of backstory with these characters, and something mm-hmm. that I, you, and you, you feel like it towards the end. You don't really need it. You feel like you have enough based on what you're getting. Uh, the one thing I do wonder about, though, all the time is that she's made godmother because she was uh, Claire and Fleabag's mother's best friend, mm-hmm. and then she started dating their father, which is just like the ultimate well, she bitch was move. Their yeah, she's their yeah. godmother, truly. And she swoops in. Yeah, yeah. But it makes me wonder what kind of person she was like when their mom was alive. Like, if yeah. the death also affected her and turned her into this horrible, cynical mm. person, because I couldn't see their mom i mean obviously we don't know anything about their mom but she seems like she would have been an amazing person based on how she's described as Mm -hmm. the most fun charming Mm -hmm. beautiful woman in the world it does make me wonder how she became friends with olivia coleman's character it's really yeah and uh i think they were both successful women Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh i think uh, i i said earlier i rewatched episode four of season two and in that episode a good half of it is spent as a flashback to uh, the funeral of Fleabag and Claire's mother. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to watch Godmother uh, talk to them and talk to Dad yes. at the funeral and at the reception to the funeral. Yeah, because her intentions are she? so clear. Yeah. Well, she's, she's a bit nicer yeah. to all of them, but yeah. it's still so clear that she wants to fuck dad. Yeah, right. to me, it seems like she's only being nicer to the girls to get with the dad. Mm-hmm. And then once she does, she, she no have longer to be needs nice to. to yeah, totally. And Fleabag totally. and dad have a lovely conversation, one of the only happy conversations the two of them have. And Godmother pops in and says, it's almost like a bachelor moment when someone tries to steal the Can bachelor. Steal <laughs> stealing for a second. And uh, the dad says to Fleabag, I, I, she's a bit annoying, isn't she? 
dad total cock though. Total cock. Yeah, yeah. He's so bumbling and buffooning. And she does not. Godmother does not let dad speak Mm-mm. at all. Yeah. At no. all. It's so funny. He's and a shell of a man. Yes. Well, yeah. Completely. When he does speak. It's always not up to her standard. It's always she's annoyed about something uh-huh. that he does or the way he acts and like. You can really see Fleabag and Claire being like, oh, she's really has a tight grip on this man. Um, mm-hmm. So it's interesting to me that he's able to raise like such strong women because like f- both Fleabag and Claire like possess so much power. I think Claire doesn't know how to show it as much or show it as often, but I feel like they possess so much and are able to... And we should say, Claire's a super successful businesswoman. Yes. Yeah. To the point where she's considering this promotion to go to Finland away from her husband and her stepchild. Creepy stepson, her Jake. creepy stepson. <laughs> Jake wants to fuck Claire so bad. He loves Claire. And it's actually really sweet in the second season. Because he, he loves her more than Martin does. Over her. Yeah. 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 And loves her in a sweeter way mm-hmm. than Martin does mm-hmm. as he grows a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he it dies what down. an asshole his dad is, too. But when he's going through puberty, yeah. it's... <laughs> Ooh, it's he tries bad. to uh, climb into the bathtub with Claire as a 15-year-old boy. Inappropriate. <laughs> so Claire's a successful woman, but her life at home, her sister, she's so worried about Fleabag yeah. after Boo commits suicide. She has opinions of her sister mm-hmm. and her sex life, her business life, and she feels she can't leave her, uh, leave her with her dad and the godmother. Uh, and leave Martin yeah. and the kid. She feels stuck. Yeah. And it, Fleabag mm-hmm. thinks she's so stupid for mm-hmm. feeling stuck. Well, because Fleabag didn't know it was partly because of her that her sister doesn't yeah. want to leave. She thought it was about creepy stepson Jake um, and Martin's own guilt, like guilting Claire to not leave. And then Claire erupts one day and is just like, how am I supposed to leave my creepy stepson and my broken sister? Mm-hmm. And that's when Fleabag like really like noticed that she she's trying so hard to put on a face to every everyone, you know, be funny, be fine, be fine. She's fine. She's fine. And she's not realizing that everyone can see through that. The people that love her yeah. truly can see through. She thinks what's this happening. outlet of speaking mm-hmm. to her audience has kept the veil mm-hmm. over the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's starting to realize that no, her dad has opinions about her, that she's not growing up fast enough. Her sister has opinions about her, that she's a bit of a, a loose woman, that she's not successful. Her godmother obviously has many, many opinions about her. Godmother hates Fleabag. Hates mm-hmm. her with a vengeance. Like, she at least tolerates Claire, yeah. you know? It's, it's, it's really funny to see how much Godmother detests mm-hmm. Fleabag. And I think what's interesting is, like, all four of them feel this type of way about each other, but they're so scared and unwilling to just say it out loud. Very British. And I think this all culminates pretty well and shows itself really well in the scene we're about to perform. <laughs> oh, a segue? Oh my god, why is the segue going so fast in this room? Yo, why are we going it? so fucking fast? <laughs> but uh, this is the scene at their mom's memorial lunch, which <laughs> Godmother was not initially invited to. 
but her class, her spin class or something got canceled, so... Oh, she made sure to be there. She's there Of course now. she's there. Um, and now the girls are being forced to just sit. <laughs> so this should give you a good idea of the family dynamic we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Please enjoy, please, please enjoy. enjoy. It's the girls' mother's memorial lunch. Fleabag, Claire, and Godmother are sitting awkwardly in the living room, waiting for a conversation to start. This is my favorite bit. Wonder who's going to... Uh, th- that is a lovely cushion. Thanks. It's an original. Oh, gosh. I love your hat. It's a hair scarf. Looks like a hat. Well, it's a hair scarf. Okay. Is Martin coming? Oh, no. He's away. Hmm. I'm uh, very excited to meet your new chap. Is he the the, the teeth? Oh, uh, no. A different one. Ooh, you do turn over fast. Godmother chuckles. <laughs> Fleabag <laughs> chuckles with her, but quickly turns the camera to show disdain. Dad will come in with some weird canapes in a second. Oh, 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 oh girl. Dad comes in right on cue with a tray of canapes. Fleabag and Claire stand to greet him. Uh, hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Sorry about all that noise. Do, do, you, do you have something to drink? Uh, uh, sorry. I forgot your glass. Fleabag looks to camera. Of course she forgot. Godmother leaves the room. Hmm. Dad now begins inquiring about the girls' mammograms. Uh, you're, uh, you're both, you're looking very healthy. Very good and um, healthy. Did you, did you talk to Dr. Samuels about your, your, your mamma, the, 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 yes. Yes, and they're, they're, they're happy. They're getting along all right. Yeah. 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 Great. Good. Good. Excellent. You are my daughters. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we are. S- sit down. Um, I think I should say a few words about, about, about your mother. Naturally, Godmother bursts into the room with champagne supplies. No, ignore me, ignore me, no, ignore me. <laughs> this, this, this day is is not an, an easy one. Champagne bottle pops. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Cheers. <laughs> to mum. To mum. To mum. To mum. Margaret, dearest Margaret, just, just, just the most generous woman. Certainly, she was, she was, yes, she was so, so great. The tension is high, but everyone just keeps sipping champagne. Oh, it is like the most butthole clenching scene. Butthole clench. Hun, in this show, but this specific one where you can tell the dad just wants so badly to connect with his kids for a goddamn second. He just wants to date with his daughters yeah. on this special, special, mm-hmm. special day. Mm-hmm. But can I also say Allie, break British accent. 
Thank you. Wow. Are you an actress? <laughs> Wow. Well, I'm changing my career. If nursing doesn't work out, you know what to do. <laughs> so, uh, we've talked a bit about season one. Oh, yes, we did. Maybe we should talk a little bit, a little bit about season two. Yes, yes. No. Oh, no, come on. Never please. mind. Okay, please. fine. <laughs> Rollins, uh, Rollins what should we talk <laughs> well, 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 I feel like, I feel like maybe we. I know I just said we should talk about season two, but I think we missed an important part of season oh, one. We did miss a very important part of season one. So we haven't mentioned uh, probably, and maybe some people wouldn't think this, but plot wise in season one, the most important yes. character <laughs> yes. is Martin. Yes. Claire's <laughs> husband, Martin, the American gross alcoholic. Dad of creepy Jake. Ugh, he's <laughs> the worst. He holds back his wife. He's a misogynist. He's a bad dad. He's mean and ugly. Raging, and poor. raging alcoholic. Poor. Yeah. Poor. Big ass drunk. Mm-hmm. So, it's Claire's birthday. And Fleabag and Martin have been hanging out a little bit. Because Claire's hard to shop for. Claire's hard to plan for. She's, she's a bit persnickety. Ten years can't seem to figure out what to get her for her fucking birthday because he's a dumbass who yeah. doesn't think about her. Mm-hmm. Claire, like, some micromanage, like, mm-hmm. in charge of everything. So Claire's planned her own birthday party because... surprise party. Yeah, because <laughs> business people are going to be there from Finland and she's got to impress people. And so Martin gets very drunk at this party, is embarrassing Claire... Fleabag is stressed out. She steps outside. Martin stumbles outside, starts harassing her. Eventually, he's always been a dick to her. Like even when she's mm-hmm. helping him shop for her sister, like abnormally he's just so. A prick. He yeah. makes just gross sexual jokes all the mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. And so Martin grabs her face uh-huh. and kisses her. Mm-hmm. And when she pulls away, he calls her some expletive and says. You're, you do this with everybody, blah, blah, blah. I thought you wanted this, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you asked for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. Don't tell me you didn't want this. Gross. Who's going to believe you? Yes. Is the most important gross thing he says. Because yeah. due to the fact that, like, I guess because Fleabag sleeps around and because Fleabag is so reliant on sex that, like, people have this way to think about her. Yeah, she, that Claire wouldn't believe yeah. Fleabag. And we eventually come to find out at the end of season one, Claire doesn't believe Fleabag. No. No. And Claire, they had they went to this woman's retreat that their dad set them up on, which is one of my favorite episodes oh. because there's also a man's retreat happening where Next they're getting door. <laughs> They're getting out their aggressions towards women in this. Yeah, season. it's oh. like a retreat where misogynists go to reform. <laughs> And they purge their misogyny. And there she meets the man that she accidentally sexually harassed when she asked for a business loan. Yeah, yeah. And they develop kind of a sweet friendship Mm -hmm. at this retreat, but Mm -hmm. also at this retreat. Claire and her have a good time together Mm -hmm. at first. Mm -hmm. And then the weekend kind of goes rocky. Allie, do you want to keep explaining oh sure um yeah so it, it claire you could tell is just really really dejected about how she feels forced to stay in her current position at her work it was at this retreat that she tells fleabag that she got the promotion which is a job in finland and this is where we hear that she martin doesn't want her to go because of jake 
Um, and Fleabag is just like, you have to go. Like, you you need to get out of here. You need to do what you want to do, what you love to do. Um, and Claire ends up leaving the retreat early telling after telling Fleabag that she's going to leave Martin. So it was very exciting. It's like, oh, fuck, finally, she's going to leave this asshole that I don't even understand how they got. Well, it, <laughs> <laughs> I do know how they got together. You know, Fleabag does make a comment that no one makes him her laugh like he does. Mm-hmm. But that 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 can't be uh, the basis of a uh, healthy partnership marriage. and marriage. Yeah. Yep. It should be one part. Is there any children involved? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Going into that, then, we kind of just see this general detachment between Claire and Fleabag. We kind of, I think, spend season one building up this beautiful, like, close relationship. It's almost like them repairing their relationship. After their mom had died, um, I feel like things, instead of getting, instead of being good between Fleabag and her sister, it, it feels like it might have caused a riff between yeah. them and then when what happened to Boo Fleabag just shut down yeah and especially with uh, the first person who actually brings it up and triggers Fleabag is Claire is Claire yeah yeah uh, yeah and I think that's interesting to note that mm-hmm. Claire up until this moment kept this secret for mm-hmm. her sister mm-hmm. um, yeah so we find out that Claire knows the truth of why who Boo's boyfriend cheated on her with so Precisely why Claire then doesn't believe Fleabag mm-hmm. when it comes to the whole Martin situation. After what you did to Boo. Yeah, <sighs> that was rough. That I. That breaks Fleabag's entire perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She starts feeling closed in by both Claire and Martin and the audience. Yeah, mm-hmm. it totally shakes everything we knew. Yep. Um, we become uh, almost like weird voyeurs in this yeah. moment. Yeah. We're watching her lowest moment. She's afraid Mm -hmm. of us. She doesn't want us to see. Mm -hmm. We're usually where she gets to show exactly what she thinks. And now we see exactly the truth of her. And she wants to hide from it. She was able to show us what she wanted Uh us to see. Mm -hmm. And now we actually got to see the real her. And it was really interesting because things like Claire's comment and at one point when her and Martin were shopping for Claire's birthday present at a shoe store, she ran into the man that was dating Boo that Fleabag slept with. And it feels like those moments are the moments that she loses control. And those were the times we would get little bits and pieces more of the story because she would forget to... She, the box in her brain would open for a second. Mm-hmm. We'd get an insight. It would look. let something out mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would spill out. Yeah. And that's where the editing, I think, really comes in to shine. Where we get these hard, hard cuts, the sometimes hard... cutting off in the middle of a sentence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her walking and then immediately cutting to like the mascara down mm-hmm. the face. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. In that the morning. Shot. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. And like, I don't know about the rest of you, but like in that episode, I went from laughing to just sobbing oh yeah the and that's the beauty of the show of that episode mm-hmm. and then right at the end when she feels like she's lost absolutely everything she's out of money her cafe is going to close mm-hmm. the bank manager shows up yeah mm-hmm. I know it's it's oh it's so it's beautiful the most beautiful moment she's standing in the same spot Boo was and it just flashes really really quickly and really jarringly from Boo's last moments to where Fleabag is now and then as standing Boo, in the same spot, standing in the same spot on the about sidewalk, about to step into mm-hmm. the street, and right as this is right after she's been cut off from her entire family. Mm-hmm. We should say that 
Claire confronts Fleabag after Fleabag's had an episode at the Godmother's Sexpedition. Yeah. Uh, Olivia Coleman is this crazy flamboyant artist, and she's very into uh, creating artistic projects based on her own sex mm-hmm. and sexual experiences. <laughs> she's done so many over the years that she's launched this sexpedition, and she's invited everyone. And Fleabag has ruined one of her pieces, one of her most uh, prized pieces. Stolen. Yeah, which Fleabag I think actually, stole. Yeah, before we go into season two, we should talk about the yeah. the statue. Mm-hmm. Fleabag steals a statue, a golden statue of a naked woman Headless from naked Olivia woman. Coleman's mm-hmm. bookshelf at the beginning of season one. One of the first times we see the dad's house and uh, mm-hmm. Olivia Coleman's art studio, mm-hmm. and this statue stays in the show. It's throughout, throughout the entire mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. I think it becomes like an important item, and once yeah. the truth about that comes yes, out, and yeah. we'll talk about it when we talk mm-hmm. about season two, because mm-hmm. it comes right at the end. Uh, it kind of closes everything for yeah. Fleabag, and it, it kind it's of, a full circle moment. It's, it's closure for the Godmother Fleabag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Martin needs a birthday present for Claire, Fleabag gives the statue to Martin for him to sell. For yeah, him to sell for a gift, mm-hmm. and then he. Actually just gives her the statue. Yeah, yeah. Claire asks Fleabag's help presenting at this award show for her business. In season two. In season Mm -hmm. two. Fleabag ends up breaking the statue they're going to give to this dignified woman. They use the statue of the woman. Uh, And (laughs) at the sexpedition, Olivia Coleman announces oh my god she's such a pretentious asshole her most important piece <laughs> ever and do you do either of you remember exactly what it's called yes yes i do because i just watched it today um, so olivia coleman uh basically unveils a podium that has nothing on it and she talks about how her greatest masterpiece was stolen from her but how it really led way to her making her most beautiful piece of art which is just an an empty podium with the title a A woman robbed a woman robbed a woman robbed Um, (laughs) and i think the great thing about her describing this piece is it's one of the only moments in the show i think maybe the only moment where another ca- character looks directly to camera, mm. and it's when Olivia Coleman looks right into the camera and goes, "It's about power." Yep. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she's looking right at Fleabag, but she does look right. Yeah, the into shot the is camera. set up, mm-hmm. so she's looking into the camera. Yeah, there's never another time mm-hmm. where another character does that, except for mm-hmm. Priest in season two when he goes, "What are you mm-hmm. looking at?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> so yes, she's broken one of her pieces she's broken glass on the floor at this expedition <laughs> she like a baller so godmother just makes her work the event she shows up and godmother goes hands, Here's her, a tray. hands her a tray of champagne and goes like make yourself useful uh-huh. um and fleabag looks right at her after claire drops the news that um she believes martin over her and she just holds up a champagne toast to godmother and then drops it right on the ground and then tips over the rest of the tray fucking badass but obviously dad and godmother aren't too happy about Mm -hmm. this yeah and then with claire and martin uh conniving against fleabag fleabag doesn't really have a family right now at the end of season one Mm -hmm. 
All she has is her cafe now that Bankman is back to help her oh, out. So, yeah, wait, circle back to this amazing cut between Boo and her when she's standing on the sidewalk. Circle back. Circle back, circle back. Um, right when Boo is about to step, or does step into the street, it was a hard cut to flea bag, just about to do the same thing, but instead a car pulls up, yeah. and her literal salvation is there in the form of a bank, bank loan man. manager. So she has <laughs> financial security in a sense. She has shelter, but we're now at the beginning of season two, and Fleabag has no family she has no connection she's estranged from them Mm -hmm. but there are certain moments that that bring families back together no matter what these are weddings and funerals (laughs) and surprise season two we're getting a wedding Mm -hmm. godmother is about to become stepmother Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. stepmother Dad and godmother are getting married, and mm-hmm. the family is getting together. Oh yeah, and it's been for a dinner. Yeah, they mark it as about three hundred and seventy-one days later. Yeah, so a little over a year later. Claire and Fleabag haven't spoken Mm-mm. at all. Uh, it's been very contentious between her and her father mm-hmm. because her father is obviously taking sides with his new fiance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Fleabag is very lonely. But she, of course, still has to participate in her family. She comes to this dinner. This dinner where it's Martin, Claire, (laughs) Godmother, Dad, and this hot, hot priest. Hot, hot Irishman. So Olivia Coleman wanted a a personal relationship with her priest. So she, she she chose especially this... Hot, hot, sexy man. Oh my God, and Andrew you can Scott. Tell. You can, yeah, Andrew Scott. God, he's amazing. Ooh. You can tell how much Godmother wants to fuck this guy oh, at yeah. that dinner. She is touching his arm. She is. And like, this is just oh, one of the many men uh-huh. that oh, Olivia Coleman fawns over. Where she's like, very handsome, very, very, very handsome. So very handsome. Oh wait, can we pause and talk about that guy for a second? <laughs> the one who fucks her in the butt. Anal guy. I'm pretty sure he's gay. Yes. Because as they're at this expedition, there is a wall of dicks, and he's standing there, and he says something like, "I don't know why this is making me feel so like <laughs> excited." And he I loves her. I'm the only person who thought this. He loves her because she doesn't have any tits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, such so like, small tits. Tiny little racing nipples. This guy is a freak. It's the freakiest scene in the world. Ugh. Uh, but anyway, that amazing side character aside, we're at season two a year later, and the priest is there. And so he's a cool priest. He swears. Yeah, he yeah. Wear like the clothes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Olivia Coleman has picked this hot priest to marry her and dad, and he is at this dinner with the entire family. And also Claire. And Martin seemed to be doing really well, which is really weird for Martin me. is sober. Sure. He and they're says. trying for a baby. Mm-hmm. Trying mm-hmm. For a baby. Hmm. Which makes Fleabag just her eyes bug out of her head when she thinks about her sister having Demon Spawn's child. Because she knows that Claire does not want this. No, she wants to be a businesswoman. She yep. wants to work. She and wants it's to like go to yeah, Finland. it's like, yeah, oh oh it does open up that she did accept the job in Finland and she's been commuting. Oh yeah. Well mm-hmm. I mean we are Form, so you oh, will see. oh, good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are we? Are we just gonna act? I mean, we've been talking what, about this. It's what we do. Let's right? talk. Talk conversation. 
Sorry, I'm chewing. <laughs> mukbang, mukbang. Please enjoy this little performance of dinner. Dinner. While we eat our dinner. Oh, do you have to drink your juice now? So, Can Ali, we talk about your juice? <laughs> you want to talk about your juice before you do it? <laughs> We're going to post this on the internet. Can you talk about your juice? I will talk about my juice <laughs> on the internet um, because I don't think my coworkers will be listening in. More specifically, I'm going to put your full name in the title of this episode. <laughs> um, so as, as I mentioned before, I'm about a couple months away from graduating with my RN. With that being said, I'm applying to uh, be an RN, and that Woo! involves yeah. a, a drug test. Um, and <laughs> and the, Allie has never smoked drugs No, no, in her I'm life. a very, very, I'm a very good girl. I stay away from the devil's lettuce, um, <laughs> which that is a total lie. I'm a daily toker because I lived with these fucks. I'm a toker. Um, <laughs> I'm a smoker. I'm a, smoker. I'm I'm a, a mean Joker. Broker. Dyson Broker. I'm a child. Broker. I'm a mother. I'm a sinner. I'm a saint. I do not feel ashamed. So I just I have to drink this, like, disgusting drink to, like, try and detox this weed from my system a little bit faster because your girl's got an interview coming up. Woo-woo! <laughs> that was amazing. We just made the same whoop-whoop noise. How did we do that? We've melted our brains. <laughs> I think we've done what, 12 podcast episodes now, so we've just like... This is number 11. Happy number 11. <laughs> 11, 11. I feel like we should have made like a big deal out of the last one. Like, wow, it's number 10. Just, we made 10 of those things. It was just due to television. guys. It's not important enough. Well, I think it was a pretty good one, but, if, but we it didn't even acknowledge the fact that it was our 10th. Like, number 10, that's, <laughs> that seems like an accomplishment. We're celebrating different. 10 weeks. Like 11. 11. Happy number 11, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Allie just drank for her juice. For 11 weeks, Allie's drinking her juice right now. You can't see. It's disgusting. It's even her diarrhea for the past 10 cast. days. Yeah, I have lead. Allie's been pooping so much. <laughs> I have been literally pissing out of my ass. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was so bad. <laughs> oh, this is a wild one. <laughs> so uh enjoy the acting enjoy the scene from fleabag back at the table with claire priest dad and godmother godmother is a mid-flow with the priest as martin and fleabag come in claire notices them arrive together a lot of people would say praying is just talking to yourself in the dark uh, prayer is just more about connecting with yourself at the end of the day it takes a bit of effort but it's a positive way to oh yes i completely sorry (laughs) (laughs) yes i completely agree positive energy takes i can't fucking you're doing irish now (laughs) um uh, yes, I completely agree. Positive energy takes work. In the last six months, I have excelled. I just take all that negative feelings and just bottle them up and uh, bury them, and they never come out. That's not really how I would... I've basically never been better. I... She looks at Fleabag. Us neither. Oh, I feel fantastic. You're a very uh, positive family, I have to say. Absolutely. I think it's all about positivity. It takes real commitment to be this happy. It's not just drinking and eating well, either. Putting pine nuts in your salad doesn't make you a grown-up. Fucking does. It's about... It's about... Well, in Finland, they have a saying that I can't quite remember now, but it's about being open to the people who want to love you. 
And she is wide open these days. What do you do? I work in finance. What? What? A across two firms, one in Finland and one here. No, no, she's a lawyer. I thought you were a lawyer. <laughs> no. What? I work with lawyers. I am not a lawyer. D d darling, you're, you're a solicitor. I went to business school. You're being so quiet. Why aren't you saying anything? What do you want me to say? Anything. What's that in your hand? Um, uh, she, she doesn't have to. Birthday present from Dad? It's a nice thing, Claire. Chunk of change? Uh, no, no, it's uh, What is it? I don't know. Um, no, you don't. Um, don't do it, don't do it. Hmm. Ooh, love presents. Never got presents. Fleabag pulls out the piece of paper and reads it. It's, it, it's just because you, you, um... It's a voucher for a counselling session. Mm. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Everyone feels a bit weird about this. Martin can't help but laugh. So thoughtful. I'd kill for one of those. <laughs> no, I don't believe you can pay your problems away. I think you have to face who you are and suffer the consequences. It's the only road to happiness. Maybe happiness isn't in what you believe, but who you believe. Claire gives her a look. The priest looks at Fleabag. Martin looks at Fleabag. There was a beat of tension. Fuck. Excuse me. Claire suddenly gets up and leaves the table. Needy waitress appears immediately. <laughs> Do you think she needs anything? No. No. That was meant to be a bedroom present. A what? A present you open in your bedroom alone. All my presents are bedroom presents, aren't they? <laughs> Want some more wine? Oh, oh, oh yes. No. Fleabag uh, frowns and looks towards the bathroom. Interior. <laughs> cool restaurant. Bathroom. Night one. Moments later, Fleabag enters. Claire? You've been ages. Are you pissed off or are you taking a poo? Are you doing... Claire? <laughs> you've been ages. <laughs> Claire, you've been ages. Are you pissed off or are you doing a poo? She stands by the sink for a second. She thinks about knocking on the cubicle. Then she hears, fuck, fuck it. Claire, can we just... Have you got a sanitary towel? Um, no, but I know a waitress who would love to jump on that request. You want me to ask her? No. Fuck. Or, or there are some really sturdy hand towels here. We can fashion something with wings out of these. Yes, fine. Fleabag gets the towels. Open the door. We hear Claire click the door open. Fleabag swings the door open. Fuck, give it to me. Don't come in. Jesus, it's a period. It's not going to bite me. She pushes the door. Don't look at it. I'm just looking at your period. Just take this. The door opens and Fleabag sees Claire who has blood down her legs and on the loose seat. We do not need to show this. <laughs> oh, God. It's not a period. It's a fucking miscarriage, okay? Beat. Fleabag is shocked. Jesus, Claire. It's okay. 
No, it's not okay. We, 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 we need to get you to a hospital. It's fine. It just needs... Fleabag leans forwards with the towels to help Claire. No! There's so much. Let me... Get your hands <clears throat> off my miscarriage! <clears throat> it's mine! Claire is crouched over herself. She rests an arm on the cubicle walls and breathes. It's mine. Emotion comes to the surface for a split second as she shuts the door to sort herself out. Beat. Fleabag waits. Claire comes out. All sorted. Okay. Claire. Okay. It's okay. We need to get to a hospital now. Now. Claire nods and takes a deep sigh. Yes. Okay. She washes her hand in the sink and fixes her face. Okay. Come on. They move to the door. Fleabag almost puts her hand on Claire's back. Claire gently bats it away. All good. They leave the room together. Moments later, Fleabag follows Claire towards the table. Claire. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell anyone. Okay, just grab your coat. I'll get a taxi. I'll tell them I don't feel right. Okay. Thank you. Fleabag nods. They get to the table to join Martin, Godmother, Dad, and Priest, who are talking generally about Venice. Claire moves behind her chair and puts her hand on her coat. Hey, Venice. <laughs> then she suddenly sits down. <laughs> Bonjourno and all that jazz. <laughs> then she suddenly sits down and lunges for the bottle of wine. Fuck it, I'm having some. Sorry, darling. Good girl, one night off. Claire pours herself some wine. Um, wow, what did you say to her? Fleabag stands stunned at the side of the table. No, um... Nothing, I just, just sit down. Come on, it's a party. Fleabag doesn't sit. Can I have some? Well, someone suddenly caught in the party spirit. Sit down, Fleabag does, shocked. Wow. What did you take in there? Your sister is finally a good influence on you. <laughs> we just suddenly realized what a monumental fucking day this is. Drink. Honestly, leave them in there for, for two minutes and they're teenagers again. <laughs> Shall I order another bottle? Yes. Okay. He gestures for the waitress. Fleabag looks at Claire in shock. We were just talking about Venice and this wonderful little trip we had. How many times have we said that we have to go to Venice? I've always wanted to go. Top of my list. I love Venice so oh, much. Oh, Venice is just oh, the best. Oh, what a wonderful oh, place to go. Oh, it's going to be underwater. Oh, soon. for fuck's sake. Stop it. Everyone looks at her, shocked. Pause. Claire glares at her. No one says anything. They just look at Fleabag, confused. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm, uh... Claire shakes her head at Fleabag. Sorry, I'm sorry, uh, it's, uh... She starts getting emotional. Here we go! Sorry, I... No, no, come on, what? What's happened? Nothing's happened. What's happened? Something's happened. Come on, out with it. Spit it out! It's all... Right. No secrets here. This is a safe space. I just had... A... Claire gives her a look. A don't you dare tell them. Come on! I just had a... What? A little... What, darling? Miscarriage. 
Claire looks at her in disbelief. Fleabag is horrified at herself. Oh my god. They all look at Fleabag. What? Uh, what the fuck? Uh, how far were you? You should go to the hospital. Whose was it? It may be safe there for later. Was it the Tooth Man? Ho- hospital now, darling. But the bill, sit, sit, sit uh, down. I'll cover her. I'll cover you. She doesn't want to go. Why? Because I'm stubborn and for some inexplicable reason I would rather stay here and have a passive-aggressive party. But how far gone were you? It was the very early stages. You knew? I uh, really think she should see a doctor. So do I. I thought you hadn't spoken. She's fine. She's absolutely fine. She pours Fleabag a glass of wine and pushes it across the table. Drink. If it's gone, it's gone. Claire. But what if it's not gone? It's gone. Darling, please. It was probably... Ectopic. Ectopic. Thank you, nurse. (laughs) It was probably ectopic. Awful. Mm. I'll pay you back. Do you need someone to go with you? No, thank you. I'll just deal with this on my own insane, irrational, anal way, if that's okay. It's probably for the best. What did you say? Ignore him. He's been drinking. What? Just, you know, it's like a goldfish out of the bowl sort of thing. If it didn't want to be in there, it didn't want to be in there. Something wasn't right. What? It's the kid's choice if it wants to jump ship, right? Either way, she got her spotlight. Fleabag turns to Martin and punches him square in the face. There is a scream from Dad and Claire. Priest stands up. What the fuck? Fuck! Jesus Christ! Fleabag goes to hit him again. Martin blocks it and accidentally hits her. The priest moves forward to stop her falling, falling, but gets hit in the face by the back of her head. Jesus Christ. More people turn and gasp. Needy waitress is approaching. Martin is doubled over. (laughs) God, is there anything I can do? Needy waitress touches Martin's back, which makes him jump, and he turns, whacking her in the face. (laughs) For God's sake. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) That was wild. Oh my god, Allie! Allie, you're Claire. Your Claire was good. Like the impression, the emotion. Oh my god. Appreciate that. You got there. Wow. You had a miscarriage before. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we'll talk about that after the pod. I was moved. Truly. Thanks, guys. Um, so while I think we have kind of touched on the main relationship of the entire series, which is this family relationship, uh, yeah. and all of the players that play into that, one of the best parts of the entire show is this season two plot <laughs> of <laughs> Fleabag Ooh. and the Priest. Folks, do you ever want to be horny? <laughs> Watch season two of Fleabag, because it'll happen. There is so much more sex in season one, but mm-hmm. season two is so much more erotic. Slow burn. So much oh more erotic. God. You want it. You want it. Oh, you want it so bad. The other guys that Fleabag because fucks she does. are just like, they're not. Yeah, exactly. It's the one man she won't let herself fuck. 
she wants to. She does want she to. She cannot. She really wants to. Priest. <laughs> He's a priest, and she has some restraint. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She oh, does have some restraint so, yeah. this season we, after. Yeah. You know, her relationship with Claire is on the rocks mm-hmm. because Claire thinks she's some uh, mischievous woman trying to take her husband, cheating on everybody, and uh, her father thinks she's unstable. Gives her a coupon to therapy. So Fleabag is really trying to change her image. Mm-hmm. The cafe's doing much better. Okay. Business is booming. That bank loan really helped out. Uh-huh. Well, she also like had now days where strangers have to talk to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did, she like has been really creative and she's been like working on herself this year. She's become celibate this year. They yeah. have a shot where that guy we were talking about before, a uh, hot, probably gay dude, um, approaches her and asks if like they can fuck and she goes, no, no. And she starts running away and then he goes, can I at least eat you out? And she goes, no. no. So we see, I mean, she's really been trying to work on herself. She's eating better. She's working out. She's she's trying. She's, I think trying to find an identity for herself outside of someone who has sex and someone who is sexually desired. And I think it's mm-hmm. a really beautiful journey to see. But then we finally see someone that she needs to fuck right Because <laughs> she keeps running in to this fucking sexy Irish alcoholic <laughs> fucking hilarious sexy Sexy priest, hot priest. He keeps showing up in her life. And why? It seems like at this point, like he is intentionally doing this. I don't know. Maybe it's fate. Well, she goes to his service. Mm -hmm. She's very interested in him. Yeah, she starts. uh, Well, at the end of this dinner, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he hands her a napkin with the address of his church and says, "I'm always here. I never leave." I think he knows that she's not the religious type at this point. They've had a few cigarettes together. Uh, he knows she's not really into God, but he makes it kind of clear that he's into her. You know, writing an address on a napkin. That's a that's a flirty move. A flirty move, but also a move from someone who thinks someone needs to be saved. Like, I don't think in the beginning he's thinking about... I mean, they definitely share some, like, nice eye contact during the dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he's definitely interested at that point, but it's not until he learns more about her. I think the Quaker scene is when he falls in love with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In that episode four, yeah. Uh I think he really confronts... Uh, his feelings for her because mm-hmm. they do build throughout and he knows that they're flirting I think he knows throughout that they're flirting oh yeah oh yeah there's a part in episode 3 of season 2 where um, she had just been googling like can priests have sex yeah. yep. celibacy all that like she's very very interested it reminds me a lot and I won't talk too much about this because I know it's kind of cliche for you but in the Sopranos <laughs> Carmela Soprano in the first two seasons has this kind of uh, affair, emotional affair with her father, uh, their Catholic father. And uh, this father has a habit of going around town to these like sad mob wives who go to this church because they cook bomb ass pasta. And so he'll go to their houses, drink communion wine and have pasta. And then like, share sexual tension with these old women who are unhappily married. Catholicism It's so repressed. <laughs> They're so repressed. Well, let's hear what's thoughts. Do you guys think priests should have sex? Yeah. 
I think any restri- like restrictive diets, restrictive lifestyles, all of that is a means to control. So this well, is how the church controls nuns and priests is by saying you can't have sex. And here's like my thing on that. Like, of course, like whatever your religious text says. I didn't. Re- I've never read the fucking Bible. I don't know. I have. But like, I'm <laughs> and what did you think? I thought it was pretty boring. <gasps> you heard it here first, folks. But my thought process is like, okay, <gasps> sex. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Sex is something humans were built to do. So, like, depriving yourself of sex, I feel like, is like depriving yourself of water. And, like. And I don't know about you, but the closest I've ever felt to God is when I orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. So. That's when I pray the hardest. The hardest. <laughs> no, I'm saying. Well, and that's the whole point of it is it's like you're supposed to not have any physical or emotional like like, like distractions. Love. Distractions. Yes, exactly. Because you're supposed to be all there for God. Open your soul and your body to the spirit. Like God gets scared of like me. God just wants to fuck you for himself. Well, what's so interesting, and they talk about this in the Young Pope, and it's true. (laughs) It's true within the Catholic Church, but a majority of priests and nuns are queer. And that's a huge reason they 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 join nunneries or they join uh, it's priesthoods. It's an easy place it, to escape. It's an easy place to escape from what it's from Catholicism, which is something that they love. They actually do love God. They love the practice yeah. of Catholicism. And they've been told their whole lives that God thinks they're evil and wrong. Mm-hmm. And this is so this is one church. of the ways to to become celibate is one of the ways to deny one of their most natural feelings, which they're being told their whole lives are. And what a unnatural. good reason to do it well, for it's, Jesus. It's interesting because <laughs> you saying that like about queer priests and nuns makes a lot of sense but like it's simultaneously showing their love and their fear uh-huh. mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. you can see that a lot in Fleabag too is like he wants to have sex with her he wants to have this intimate relationship but he's scared mm-hmm. he's, he's afraid he's scared of what the reaction is going to be he's scared of losing everything mm-hmm. because this is their, their livelihood mm-hmm. they don't make money mm-hmm. they live there mm-hmm. like they yeah, he can't their ruin this position. He just got hired. Yeah, at this priest. church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't want to mess it up by having an affair, and it makes sense. But he has true, true feelings for Fleabag, and we can see that immediately when they interact with each other. Yeah, their chemistry is just apparent. And I think it's so lovely that. I mean, ironic and lovely that the one man that she has true, deep feelings for is the one man she can't have. And so he he makes her feel again. Yeah. Because if he was any other guy and she was like, oh, my God, I think I fancy him. They would have sex. They just fuck. And then she would probably feel shitty about herself or do, you know, like kind of go back, regress into who she was in the first season. But she has to grow with him. It also, like, made her, like, reflect on the fact, like, not just, like, the sex and the quick satisfaction, mm-hmm. but she actually like, sit and think, like, is this what I yes. actually want? Yes. And why do I actually want uh-huh. it? Uh-huh. I think it's really cool to see her personal growth because of her relationship with him. Oh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely season, beautiful. And I think it's, like, the only way yeah. this show could have kept going was with this edition. I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sam, do you want to talk about the music in season two? Oh, yes. So, I mean, you just brought up the young pope, the new pope, 
to me from season one we go from this like rock jazz drum like very random and overwhelming percussion and then we completely switch to this orchestral and choral very catholic chant where after anything dramatic happens anything funny happens we hear throughout the entire season uh-huh. so we are constantly under the fear of god yeah. <laughs> yeah this season as fleabag is as fleabag has to deal with this new obstacle not of sex well sex in a different way but of god entering her relationship yep. how does fleabag feel about god she reads the fucking bible she does she for does him it. uh-huh it's, Not because she necessarily believes it, uh-huh. but because she cares about him and wants to be able to talk to him about uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. She finds herself not making fun of faith for once, but genuinely interested in someone's faith. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, they have a great back and forth where she's like, I mean, you know, I'm an atheist. And he's like, of course, I know you're an atheist, but it's like, it, it almost doesn't even matter. And he brings up how the Bible, <laughs> she brings up a lot of uh things that need to be fact checked in the bible like things that just don't make any goddamn sense excuse me god can we get a fact check (laughs) (laughs) and he brings up how it you don't you don't listen to the bible literally it's a moral compass you know and Mm -hmm. so it's like even if you're not religious you can use scripture to help guide your life if you want it to that makes me think of the jefferson bible Mm -hmm. one of our Mm -hmm. and one of my least favorite presidents but (laughs) one of our founding fathers thomas jefferson believed that the fantastical and mythical uh, miracles in the Bible couldn't have possibly happened, but that the Bible taught morals that every person should live by. And so he, before the time of Google Docs, (laughs) took the Bible, cut out all of the mythical parts and repasted it all together. And he calls this the Jefferson Bible. And the humanist society in America uses this as their main scripture. Uh, it's not biblical, but it's it's moral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can still learn mm-hmm. from this text without believing that, that Jesus walked on water or yeah. Moses parted the sea, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. It is really interesting. I work, I work, we mentioned earlier, I work at a, a hospital in Medford. Um, She's a nurse. <laughs> Did I, you I forget? Nurse. Did you forget? Did you forget? She's I a nurse. Mind you again. Um, no, but I remember having a really interesting conversation. I work at a faith-based hospital, um, and I am not a person of faith. Uh, and so, but that's never an issue. Half my coworkers aren't people of faith mm-hmm. or they're you know, Christians. <laughs> but I remember one night I was working and I had this really interesting conversation with my house supervisor who was a Mormon, my charge nurse who was a Mormon. Um, and shouts out Mormon. Can I just say that charge nurse is now in a lesbian relationship and has left the church. So very, Woo! very happy for her. Gay. Um, <laughs> but we talked about it. We had a really interesting conversation about, can you have, can you be moral without religion? And obviously I'm over here arguing, of course you can. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a good person and I don't have religion, but I can Mm-mm. see. I, <laughs> you saying I'm not a moral person? <laughs> well, you're not a good That's person. just my personal opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, Allie, you're a good person. Thank you're you. beautiful. Thank you. You're going to be a nurse. You're perfect. You're beautiful. You look like Linda Evangelista. You're I look model. at myself every morning in the mirror and I say, I love, I love you. Myself. <laughs> I, love myself. I have the grace of God in me. <laughs> <laughs> Any Real Housewives of Dallas fans out there? But 
that is something that religious people think, and that is because the Bible is their moral compass, and they think that it's they 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 do not understand how you could find morality and find a, a good path to take in life without religion. And mm-hmm. I, I see how they think that they're raised in this indoctrinated society where they're being told like this is God what is you everything. Need to do. Whereas, like, people without faith have to figure that shit out for themselves. They yeah, have like, to I didn't go to church. Is, mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck is being a good person? They, we have to decide that for ourselves. And I think yep. that makes it a little bit harder, honestly. We don't have a shortcut. <laughs> wow. But I think throughout history, and I think we're three people who are particular examples being non-secular and lazy asses who sit in front of a TV all the time, <laughs> culture informs us... And, and art and media informs us of how to be moral. Yeah. And I think Fleabag yeah. especially shows us a person at rock bottom, someone who truly believes that they are not a good person, that they are awful. She has this monologue to her dad where she comes to his house at 2 a.m. and just says, I think I'm awful and I'm doing everything wrong and I don't deserve to be alive. And I think so many people feel this way and to see someone struggle with that and find little moments within this giant sea of awful uncomfortable life (laughs) that make it worth living for her we can go along with her and uh i mean i think everybody says in every like interview about fleabag every person in the production says you know, there is a part of Fleabag in me. There's a mm-hmm. part of Fleabag in everyone. Mm-hmm. But it's true. We all associate in some way with her, whether it's one of the relationships she has, one of the vices she has, or one of the more chaotic love stories she has. We can all find something to associate with her and to watch her fall in love in such a sweet way, knowing how horrible she can be and knowing she deserves it now is so beautiful yeah. in season two. I Watching her work for something she wants and deserves now is beautiful. I think a lot of people can relate to the story of like falling in love with someone that you necessarily in the back of your mind know you can't love them. Um, and that there's something holding you back, whether it's just like circumstance or like where you are as a person or just like, how the two people are in terms of like life path and things like that. Um, or just like inherent differences that prevent people from being in love. Um, I think we can all, a lot of people can relate to that and a lot of people can relate to Mm -hmm. love that becomes lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the important journey that that is too. I mean, it's a really cliche old saying, but it's like, is it better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all? Yeah. And for Fleabag, it's very important that she went on this journey. Oh, yeah. To the point where then the season gets to end with her being like, I don't need to rely on you, the audience, anymore. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and spoiler <laughs> alert, mm-hmm. the relationship as the show ends, as the series ends, the relationship is not happy Mm-mm. it's nope. not they're not together at the end of the show they decide yeah that it's not good for them and but they decide so in a way that's truly beautiful mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 
they're working for the benefit of each other and themselves mm-hmm. for once in their lives. Mm-hmm. They're but making the healthy choice. They let each other go for what you said, Sam, the betterment of the individual. Mm-hmm. Like he lets her go because he can't do for her what she needs from him. And she lets him go because of the same reason. Yep. And it's it's uh, spoiler alert. Uh, they do fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, they do. This culminates then in one of the greatest scenes in television history, uh-huh. I might say, oh. which we are about to perform for of you course. momentarily. Oh, of course. Uh, but that is the that is the confession scene. Um, Neil. I, I think it's the same episode as the Quaker. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because it kind of combines all the things we're talking about, which is like the fear of God on top of loving someone you can't on top of this fear but this want and this need and it finally the tension building up so much that you need to finally do something about it god phoebe waller bridge and andrew scott have the best chemistry i think i've ever seen i mean the only thing that tops it is uh in the marvelous mrs mazel on amazon prime mrs mazel and lenny bruce lenny bruce seen it but the oh man i want them to fuck so bad getting there i think we'll get it in season we four we better get we it almost did in season three i want to see them fuck <laughs> but it's one of the best on-screen chemistry couples i've ever ever seen yeah mm-hmm. um so we we see fleabag in season four or season three in season two episode four <laughs> i was like is there more than one at a particularly low moment, she's missing Boo, she's missing her mom, thinking a lot about her mother's funeral uh, and death in general. And so she goes like to the church for once without, without going to see Andrew Scott, the hot priest. She decides that she's going to go pray, that maybe she'll give Talking to God a chance. Because as uh, the priest talks about in the first episode, the first scene that we meet him, prayer is really just getting in touch with yourself. It's yeah, a way for people to, you know, like I journal almost mm-hmm. every day and that's my way of we talking to the We all have ways yeah. of praying mm-hmm, that aren't mm-hmm. necessarily secular or mm-hmm. religious. And they yeah. don't need to be. They're just reflections. So then eventually he finds her. Well, Fleabag hears some, some bumping hip hop music. <laughs> In the church. He's a cool priest. It's like 10 o'clock at night. She's praying in silence. She hears this bump and jam. And she goes and she finds him jumping up and down on this cabinet, reaching for something. He's very surprised to see her. But before before I explain the whole scene, maybe we should just... I love to perform. Just freaking do it. Yeah. Let's just freaking do it. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. This is a priest of Priest bag. Neil. Flea priest. Neil. And three. Two. One. <laughs> <laughs> I love it every time. Okay. Interior. Chapel. Fleabag and priest stand with whiskey glasses outside of a confessional. Priest points to the confessional. You go in there. I go in here. And you make me tell you all my secrets so you can ultimately trap and control me. Yep. (laughs) No, no, no. You tell me what's weighing on your heart, and I listen without judgment and in complete confidence. Sounds dodgy. I just... I listen, 
At the very least, it'll shut me up for a minute. I'm not Catholic. Well, tonight, that doesn't matter. <laughs> would I catch fire or something? If she did, it would confirm my face. So let's try it. Go on. <laughs> Fleabag has a drink. Go on. Alright. Fleabag steps inside the confessional. So does the priest on the other side. Okay, so you say, uh, <clears throat> Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Uh, I'm not gonna say. Oh, that. Oh, what? Oh, very good. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, it's been enter days, years, months since my last confession. Mm-hmm. Then I say, That's okay, blah, 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 till you tell me what's on your mind. So. Tell me what's on your mind. Tell me your sins. Sins, if you want. Why would I tell you my sins? Because it'll make you feel better. And Because I want to know. I lied. Okay. To you. About? About the miscarriage. I'm just covering for my s- sister who actually had the miscarriage because her husband didn't know she was pregnant and it just... <sighs> okay. Well, keep going. Well, I've stolen things and I've had a lot of sex outside of marriage and once or twice someone else's and there's been a spot of sodomy and there's been much masturbation, a bit of violence and of course the Endless fucking blasphemy. And? And? Go on. And? Visions of Fleabag's dead best friend, Boo. And I... Sees Boo again. It can't. Memory of her again. It's okay. Go on. Frightened. About what? (laughs) Forgetting things. People. Forgetting people. And I'm ashamed of... Not knowing what I... What do you want? It's okay to, it's okay to not know no, what you want. No, no, no. I, I know what I want. I, I know exactly what I want right now. What's that? It's bad. It's okay. I want someone to tell me what to wear in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I I think there are people who can do that no, for you. I, I want someone to tell me what to wear... Every morning. I want someone to tell me what to eat, what to like, what to hate, what to rage about, what to listen to, what band to like, what to buy tickets for, what to joke about, what not to joke about. I want someone to tell me what to believe in, who to vote for and who to love and how to tell them. I just think I want someone to tell me how to live my life, Father. Because so far, I think I've been getting it wrong. And I know that's why people want someone like you in their lives. Because you just tell them how to do it. You just tell them what to do and what they'll get out of the end of it. Even though I don't believe your bullshit and I know that scientifically nothing that I do makes any difference in the end. Anyway, I'm still scared. Why am I still scared? So just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to fucking do, Father. Neil. What? Neil. 
just kneel. Fleabag puts her drink down, kneels down. Priest opens up the drape of the confessional. So hot. (laughs) Fleabag looks up at him. Priest kneels down and touches her face, caresses her face, kisses gently, tenderly, then blah, blah, sexy. They stand up, kissing, start kissing passionately. They get out of the confessional. She starts, I'm I'm doing British and I'm doing Irish now. They get out of the confessional. She starts pulling off his cassock and tries to undo his belt underneath. It's a lot. This is a skirt and trousers? Sorry, sorry. (laughs) She tries hard to get his belt off underneath his cassock. Has a hard time. He does away with it. Then they start kissing each other passionately again. Props her up against the side of the confessional. (laughs) Loud crash. Painting falls off the wall. Priest pulls away. Stares at Fleabag. Fleabag chuckles. Priest, priest stares, not joking. Tormented, Fleabag stares back, realizes he's not joking. Priest stumbles out of the chapel, ashamed, conflicted. End scene. <laughs> Damn! Uh, so God had a lot to say about them macking in the confessional. Oh, hell, he spiked! God, that monologue she does, it just it's oh, so sad. It gets me. Uh, and it's really her thesis. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's mm-hmm. what she she needs. She can't handle the monotony of life and constantly making the same mistakes over and over and over again. She needs somebody to just set her on the right path. And she needs him to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the eroticism of the scene mm-hmm. is she's talking about him the entire time. Yeah. God, it's so hot. It also, like, interestingly shows, like, how much she's grown since season one. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, she's done focusing on just wanting someone for sex. Mm-hmm. And I would say at the end of season one, she doesn't know what she needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because sex is, is a way for a lot of people to just fill a void in their life. Yeah. You know, it's just a way to it helps forget when you're for sad. a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Mm-hmm. It makes everything go away. Mm-hmm. But then it ends. They leave. You have your their stink all over you, and, and you have to take a shower. Sit with your pain and your trauma. Yes. And- all that regardless. And it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I remember when I was in high school and I was wishing that I went to a private high school, like a Catholic one or something, just so that I didn't have to pick out my clothes every day. Mm. Like, that's the part of that monologue that really speaks out to me is her just being like, I just want people to tell me what, what to, to do, what to wear, yeah. where to go, who to like. I mean, when I came to college, I was telling our friend Riley the other day, um... It, my personality was nice. Yep. I was a nice person. You could and chat with I, anybody. Mm-hmm, and that's what I based my entire personality off of. And it's taken years to figure out what I actually enjoy, mm. what brings me joy, and to find my own personality around that. And then you have to combat that with the expectations people have mm-hmm. of you to be nice. Mm-hmm. And I'm more than happy to let you know now that you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. So, You've never you been nice. Us. Not since I've known you. Just a, a stone cold bitch since day one, and that's why we love you. But y'all, y'all, that's Fleabag. Uh-huh. That's Fleabag. So you know, since we have a guest here, 
You want to do something a little, a little fun with our guests? I most, defi- most definitely do. You know, typically we're the experts, but but we have a different expert here this week. Yes, we do. So I thought maybe we could do a segment that, I don't know, off the dome, I'd like to call Ask Allie. Ask Allie. <laughs> Ask Allie, the alliter- you like the alliteration? Both the words start with A. Oh, wow. Ask Allie. I'm super down. I have no idea what to expect during Ask Allie. We're going to ask you. We're going to get the raw, real truth yeah. from you. And okay. you don't know what to expect. Neither do we. We haven't prepared this cool whatsoever. No, I think what well, we can start out by asking Allie just our typical closing question yeah. of the show. Let's start with what because, we know. And then we'll and just we're not going to give our input on this because no one fucking cares. What no we one know. fucking cares. <laughs> No one who's listening cares about what we have to say. Like, I think we made it pretty evident how we feel about Fleabag. I don't think we need to repeat ourselves. Fleabag's great. Fucking watch Fleabag. Like, Go watch it. Yeah. It's two hours long, pretty much. We've talked for 11 Four. episodes. Now it's Allie's turn. <laughs> Welcome Allie. to Too Much TV with Allie. Yeah. Allie watches Too Much TV. Allie watches Too Much TV. <laughs> Allie, would you recommend Fleabag? 100%. Tell us why. Uh, yeah, why? 100%. I think it's one of the most important television shows to come out the last few years. What makes it important? that monologue yeah it will resonate with just about every single person no matter their background mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. beautiful uh who who wh- who's the audience for this type of show who would you recommend this to like your grandma god no <laughs> <laughs> would you recommend this to your mom yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell my mom to watch it. I don't know how much she would enjoy it. Um, but I really think it is great for people who struggle with transitions in life. Yeah. Yeah. Young yeah. people, mm-hmm. people in their 20s. Mm-hmm. I think you can really associate with it. People mm-hmm. waiting to fall in love, I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um, do you want a season three? God, I want a season three so bad. And you know, do you guys know what Phoebe Waller Bridge has said yeah. about season three? Yeah, you wanna you wanna tell him? Yeah. So she she loves Fleabag. Obviously, Fleabag is a big part of her life. Um, it was a stage version onto Fringe, onto the television. Um, she will do Fleabag again, but she's gonna do Fleabag in her fifties. Yeah. Thank God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When there's more stuff to talk about. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which I'm, I mean, I, of course, as in the binge culture that we have now, wish that we could get a new yeah. season every year, but I am greatly looking forward to the new season of Fleabag in 20 years. Happy to wait, happy to see how she grows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can come together in 20 years. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Allie, what are you watching right now? Are you watching anything? Um, what, what shows are on your radar? What is, books are you reading? I know you like, like books. Tell us what type of media the people need to do books, movies. Tell us what shows, nurses like. YouTube videos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I have been actually doing a lot of re-watching of things, comfort shows. So I just did a rewatch of Shit's Creek, which mm. I think is another really great television show for anyone. Um, I am watching quite a few movies. With Rollins, YouTube. you haven't seen Shit's Creek, right? Rollins, you haven't seen Shit's Creek? <laughs> I've watched season one. Oh my god, I'm it? really surprised yeah, by that. I it's great. Um, I don't know. It's just like I can only do it for like short bursts, mm. and then I like become disinterested. It's not because it's bad or anything. It's mm. just like it's it's hard for me to binge. I really want you to finish time. it because I want to do an episode on it because yeah. I'm pretty proud of my Moira Rose impression. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Shit's Creek. I just did a rewatch of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which mm-hmm. I think you two should really do. Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. 
Love that show. (laughs) I read for a lot of escapism, so I read a lot of things not set in our world. I read a lot of high fantasy books. Um, I'm pretty excited because a book that I'm fairly obsessed with from Blood and Ash, uh, the third installment comes out in nine days, and it's all I can think about. Shouts out for Blood and Mm -hmm. Ash. JLA, please sponsor me. Uh, I also, uh, you didn't recommend this directly, but can you just like touch on Survivor? Your oh my god, Survivor, really Survivor is my favorite show <laughs> ever. I will be on Survivor someday, and I will yeah, you win. <laughs> You'll be great at Survivor. I would be excellent because I can play a great social game, and I'm gonna do hella CrossFit after nursing school ends mm. and get really fucking strong, so I can do all those goddamn challenges. And for those that don't know. Allie's a fucking beast. She could kick your ass. Kill you. I've seen her wrestle people to the floor. Yeah. Um, at, for people who I feel like I'm really well versed in like older Survivor, mm. but the game has changed a lot. Obviously. Yeah. What's a brand new game? What season of New Survivor would you recommend someone who wants to understand the newer game a little bit? Better? Um, season twenty-eight. I think it's Kageyan. Uh, I think it's Tony's season. Actually, <coughs> I know. Fuck cops. Sorry. Um, but <laughs> no. Uh, we said last episode. Uh, this is a strictly a cab podcast. Okay, good, good. We're A cab, we're A fag, all firefighters are good. Um, but yeah, that's just an absolutely excellent season uh, because um, it's not a great cast. Man, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Now I'm trying to think if that's actually his season. His season might be 31. I don't know. Anywhere from 28 to 31, I think, are really great examples of the mm. new, 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 new nice, stuff. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, today. Is that it so for Ask Allie? Oh, yeah. We didn't have any other questions. We just did the normal questions. That doesn't feel like a segment. <laughs> Sorry, Sam, do you have anything you'd like to ask her? Whoa. You're the one who went with the boring theme. Why are you boring. getting all defensive? <laughs> Allie, what's it like to be a nurse? Yeah. Uh... Thanks for joining us. Never mind. <laughs> job where you don't know if you're going to get the shit kicked out of you or not that day. Or if you're going to have to touch shit. I t- well, I know I'm going to have to touch shit every single day. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Going in with Days that expectation. That I don't touch other people's buttholes are a win for me. Have you, mm. um, I don't want you to break HIPAA or anything, but have you ever had any situation where someone sneezed and then that caused them to shit? Yeah. Like... <laughs> people like on their side i'm cleaning them up from shitting and maybe not a sneeze more more like a cough but people will cough while i have a wipe on their butthole and they'll shit into my hand and more poo will come out oh man that's awesome and you get to watch it the first time it happened i was actually like oh this is a cool thing um and you saw more poop come out you see more poop come out and then there are other times See, this is why we needed to ask more questions. There are other times that I've just changed people's entire bedding. You know, their 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 brief, which is mm-hmm. a, which is what we call adult diapers. Um, I've changed the chucks pad under them, and I absolutely don't want to go through it again. And so I will willingly catch their shit so that they don't mess up the hard work I just mm. did. Do you ever smell it? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I lick it sometimes. <laughs> You heard it here first. That's why you're not going to pass your drug test. <laughs> Out here smoking poo. Uh, 
Allie, if you were to be anything other than a nurse, what would you be? Um... Long pause. I've asked myself this a lot of times. I think all I would ever want to do other than nursing is like be an author, but I can do that and be a nurse. Like, that's the best part of nursing is I can do whatever the fuck I want. Because you're making bank. Because I'm making bank and I work three days a week and have four Mm -hmm. off. Like, it's the it's the life. It's really the life. I can't wait for you to become a very famous novelist and then to be like, did you know she's also a nurse? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. the medical dramas you'll write. Like. That's like Stacey Abrams. <laughs> Stacey Abrams writes romance novels I think about under Stacey a pen name. Abrams all very the time. successfully. Yeah. Because yep. I also think about, like, from nursing, I think about getting my master's in public health and then potentially getting a law degree yes. so I can work on, like, legislation and shit like that. Yes. And I, I, She's I gonna use fix nursing. Stacey Abrams. I will, I will fix nursing. Um, and Stacey Abrams is, like, my biggest uh, role model in oh. that because she also writes trashy, lovely romance mm-hmm. novels. Oh, my God. What have you started? <laughs> A nursing podcast. I can't start a nursing podcast because then I'll never get a job. Can't be a controversial well, could nurse. You tell some nursing horror stories on our Patreon. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. yeah. I would love to. Will you tell us uh, your patients' full names on there? I will not. And maybe their social security numbers. If you have. Uh, I do have them. I will not. <laughs> What's the chapel of a hospital like? I have never been. You've never been in the chapel You're of your own hospital? No. <laughs> you never go and pray? No. <laughs> I talk to our chaplains um, quite often, like usually after someone dies or something, mm. like they'll come to the floor and ask me how it's going. And I like talk- I like talking to them. They're really great people, but no, I've never gone and visited them in their office. Are they dressed in um, religious robes? No, they're business casual. <laughs> really? Yeah. Do they wear like the fancy striped No, they're not priests. They're, they're chaplains. What's the difference? So it's a like... Like priests, ha- priests basically have to get like a master's degree in priesthood, mm-hmm. um, whereas these people most likely have a master's degree in theology. It's crazy that you have to get more education to become a priest than it, to it, become a cop. It, it's really wild. Yeah, it's really yeah. wild. Uh huh. You have to do. There are some. You have to have more education just to, to read become from a the Bible than to become a cop. I yeah. Wish, I wish they were wearing like full traditional Catholic robes, but made out of scrub material. <laughs> mm. I think that would be so funny. <laughs> or if they just had like traditional like Catholic robes, but just also had a stethoscope for the like the aesthetic. And I wish that they stood in the surgeons' gallery and like chanted <laughs> Catholic <laughs> chants. I guess I've never had surgery at your Catholic hospital. I don't know. No, I don't think that they do. They mainly just go around and advise people who are mm. having spiritual uh, fallings. What do you think happens when we die? I think your neurons stop firing in your brain and mm. you no longer have a consciousness and I don't believe in souls necessarily. Mm. Um, and so I think that we just cease being uh, completely. There was a time before we were born that was black. There will be a time after we're dead that will be black. Are we human or are we dancers? <laughs> are we human? <laughs> <laughs> Folks, you've made it to the end of another episode. Now we're ready. <laughs> another episode of Too Much TV. We want to thank you guys so much for listening. I 
Honestly and truly, if we, the COVID wasn't happening, we would all be kissing you right now. Oh, if that COVID, we'd, we'd come over there and give you a big old kiss on the mouth. Uh, Alex, thank you so much. It has been an honor to have you oh on. Our first pleasure. guest. Oh, our very first you. guest. I've been really happy here. How did it feel? Give really, us compliments. Yeah, this has been super, super fun. Like, uh, yeah, it's been great. I'm glad. Um, <laughs> wow, those were such specific compliments. Get ready thank for you. more guests in the future. And Maybe. by that, I mean just Allie probably again yep. <laughs> Ali you wanna you wanna pump anything you wanna no put those socials out there you want people to follow you no thank you okay <laughs> <laughs> it's okay we don't have that many listeners anyways <laughs> Sam where can the people find you if you wanna find me you can go to Instagram and go to Samuel underscore Sue brand <laughs> or on Twitter at Samuel Camel 69. <laughs> yeah. Where can people find you? You can follow me on Instagram at Rollins and it says R-A-W-L-I-N-S-N-E-S-S. You can follow me on Twitter at Rollins Edge, R-E-W-L-I-N-S, E-C-H. Shoutouts to my dad for me spelling my full Stephen. name. You can follow the show at Too Much TV Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And please follow us on Patreon. We are posting content there Give every us money. single Friday. Yes, Fridays are days where Friday. the Patreon comes out. <laughs> Um, join us next time on the pod episode 12 we will be t- do you know what we're talking about we haven't decided yet did we not oh okay. have we i thought we did what did you think we decided we're talking about the oscars oh yeah we're gonna talk about the oscars because the oscars are coming out i forgot the oscars were happening the oscars are happening we're gonna tell you all of our opinions all of our hot takes on the oscars please watch promising young woman Please watch Promising Young Woman. Please watch Nomadland. Please watch Minari. Please watch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. He said, do you need to watch Mank? Find out next week. Spoiler alert, you don't. You don't. And, um... That's it. That's it. So, bye. Bye. Bye.